0: Well, good morning. I get a second run at this, this uh, second service. I think I left a lot on the table first service, but uh, it was time to cut it short, so we'll see how we do here. So um, our topic today comes from the fifth commandment. You probably studied it in Bible class, and that is from Exodus 20, verse 12, honor your father and mother. Along with this idea of honoring, um, I wanted to honor two sets of people. One is our graduates, and the other set are our mothers. And then for our sermon, it's not a Mother's Day sermon, it's really over this commandment, and that is honor our fathers and mothers. But uh, one thing that I believe is important is that as Christians, we have the ability to encourage, to acknowledge, and to honor Those around us, those among us, who are worthy of that honor. And we know that God is in the highest place, that he is worthy of all of our praise. And I don't want to confuse that at all, but uh, it's really nice and convenient that our topic is what it is on a day like today. When the whole world stops and celebrates our mothers. To our graduates. One of the reasons I chose today was that I knew that a lot of our college students uh, that we know of would be graduating, and so if you would uh, just bear with me for a second. Um, you'll notice in your bulletins that there is an insert, and I don't point this out to be a distraction from the rest of the sermon, but I point it out to honor so many that we know of, and we know several from the Campus Center Center. We know several from this church who has gone to ACU, I mean, sorry ASU, and then we know others who have gone away to ACU, LCU, and places like that. And we try to honor everybody we know of. One of the greatest fears I have when it comes to this is that I'll leave someone out, and that never seems to fail. But also, you could add to this list Courtney Green, and I'll try to get her information and picture up next week. But I wanted to say something about graduates. Um, you may be sitting there and you may think, well, okay, this happens every year in college. It happens almost every semester. And okay, big deal. I may not even know all of these people. That could be true. But what I want to do for just a second is to stop and acknowledge the journey that these people have been on. And it's worthy, I believe, uh, to point out the completion of such an awesome journey If you don't know the people going through college on a day-to-day basis, then you may know of them. You may know they're studying, but you don't know what it means until you've watched them sweat and stress and struggle and then finally get to a point where they're so close to completing it. And it's that kind of acknowledgement that I want to stop and make sure that we do. Because um, it is noteworthy. It is an honorable achievement that they've achieved. It reminds me of when I went to college and we were sitting around a dorm room and everybody started going in on, oh, hey, here's my name. Here's what I did in high school. I was all district. The next person would say, oh, yeah, here's me. I was all state at this, right? You know, all these achievements. And we're just going around and the first person is so proud because they're ready to tell all of their students, their friends, what they accomplished. And it's almost like that became tarnished as they went around the circle and everybody seemed like they were like, oh yeah, me too. I was all district as well. Different district, but all district. And oh yeah, I was all state too. And what funny thing about life is that some of the things that we tend to um, take pride in aren't as special sometimes when so many other people have them. So to the people who are, are sitting there thinking, oh, okay, you graduated, remember back think about what it took to get there. I told First Service that as we went around that circle in the dorm room, I wasn't all state, I wasn't all district, I wasn't any of that, but I had to have a comment. And so what I told them was, well, I was hacky sack team captain. <laughs> and they were confused. They were like, you had a hacky sack team? I'm like, no, we didn't even have that. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't have a claim to fame, so that's, uh, that's what I had to do. I want to tell the graduates, um, some have already graduated and some graduate next Saturday, that we are so proud of you. We're honored that you are affiliated with this church, that you're a part of this church. Um, those of you that we know who've gone through the Campus Center and we've gotten to kind of walk along with you, um, it's a pleasure to know you. It's a pleasure, and, and we have so much admiration for all of you who have stuck with this, completed it, and you're very deserving of a moment to just uh, let you know that not only that we're proud of you that it is an accomplishment but I believe with that comes great responsibility and potential for what you can do for God and that's one of my main reasons for honoring you so congratulations Um, I've tried this before and it hasn't worked out well but let's do this if you're a graduate this semester and you're here would you please stand not going to do it are you okay well let's give them a round of applause okay thank y'all There we go. All right. Thank you. We are proud of you all. Have a great week of finals, and you can do it. The next thing that I wanted to say was just an acknowledgement about what today is, Mother's Day. And Brian did a great job about pointing out that uh, some are truly blessed and overjoyed in the experiences that you have with your mother and have had. Uh, that others um, have experienced loss in that area, and um, some of that was too early, um, didn't go to plan, and then others of us, uh, maybe you didn't even know her, and so days like today are frustrating With each of these scenarios, wherever you are, has great potential for joy. Um, And maybe not even in a biological parent, but um, some kind of foster parent or fictive kinship that we have with someone or um, a parent within the church. With each one of these comes an opportunity for joy, and with each one of these comes an opportunity for hurt and emptiness. And I understand that. And I don't want to proceed and take any of that lightly or insensitively, but we all have the task of moving through life and figuring out what that looks like. And so, um, grace and blessing to you where you're at as it pertains uh, to mothers and as it pertains to fathers, which we'll talk about as well today. So our commandment with the time that we have, Exodus 20. Verse 12, honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You probably got to talk about in Bible class uh, what that looks like and what that means, so I'll try to stay away from that. Uh, it's not as dangerous now that you've already been taught. Your teachers won't get upset if I cover some of that again. But um, the words that we read that, uh, for honor that you probably talked about is literally means to give weight to something, to give value. Uh, this idea of acknowledgement and and the weightiness of who that person is or their position, and um, to glorify, to esteem, to give precedence as if uh, as we give that to God as Creator. The opposite of that in the next chapter, where it says, "Don't curse," is not to take them lightly. You have a parent, they are in that position, that role, and in most cases have earned that respect and that value. And so not to curse and take lightly of who they are. That can be a challenge when uh, you maybe have differences. But how do we honor people? We can honor in many ways. The first one that comes to mind for me is um, you can honor one's name. You can bring glory to their name. And we all have a family name and the children have a lot to do with how people view that family name. The parents have a lot to do with how people view that family name. And you can do a lot to add to or to take away from that name to bring glory to it. Also how we treat um, the body physically. You can put a ring on a finger that can help show identity or maybe privilege or association. You can put a crown on a head or a necklace. We can adorn ourselves in ways that um, even communicates honor physically. Now, we all know very well that you can also do that with uh, just where things are are physically placed. People with, with greater honor are usually higher. They're towards the front. And people of lesser honor or more humble circumstances are lower and to the back. I told First Service that I had the privilege of uh, a gift from my mother when Peyton Manning came to Abilene, Texas. Why would he go there? Um, He was going to speak for a benefit at a nursery, and I got tickets. So it was Talisha, Hayden, and me. I guess she thought that the two girls couldn't care less. So uh, we get tickets, and you know, there was a part of me that when I walked in, I mean, this was like at the convention center there. I realized where my table was and it was as far back as you could get. And I was happy to have tickets, but I was a little, you know, in the back of my mind thinking, well, it would be really nice to see him, you know. Uh, So I was at the back. We're waiting on him to come out, but you know where he came from? He walked from the back. And so it was this, uh, this great irony that even being so far back, we got to see him from about 20 feet away, a table over as he walked through, and no one knew he was walking from there. They were all looking up at the front to see, and I think I probably had a mouthful, and I'm, I'm hitting everybody like, yo, there he is, there, there he goes, there he, there he is, way over there. So we know that where people are situated can help bring honor. Um, and Jesus even tells them Uh, his listeners don't take the best seats because how embarrassing to assume you're in a place of honor and be asked to move but take the the worst seats the lowest seats and be honored by being asked to move forward i'm always reminded when i read that story of a kid in my youth group uh, that every time we got in a church van for a trip I call a shotgun, you know, and he's pushing people out of the way, and like, he's supposed to be one of our leaders, and he never got it, like, let someone go first, you know, he he was first all the time, and I always thought about that when Jesus said it. So, um, I think we're funny about honor. I think ancient people knew honor much better, and when it comes to us, Uh, we have days where we honor people, like Mother's Day, Father's Day, but we also have days that honor donuts, National Donut Day. Uh, And not to take away from our mothers, but every day I see something on Facebook about what day it is nationally, and I'm so confused. Like, I didn't know that. That wasn't on my calendar. But we, we try to, you know, acknowledge certain days, but I don't think we do all that well with honor. As a matter of fact, If we give too much honor to someone that we may not know, we don't have much patience for that. We start to fidget. We get it. We get it. Okay, you could keep going on, but we get it. Stop. We're not very good with watching others get honor. And I think there's a part of us that we all desire to be honored. We all desire to be respected, to be valued. And even if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I don't want any attention Don't call on me, don't make me talk, whatever. I get that, but I still think we all want to be valued. We all want to be honored. And especially within a family, you can tell where it's comfortable that people usually get honor. Well, um, even though we may or may not struggle with honor, I want to look at uh, this from two perspectives briefly. One of those is just a perspective generationally, how we approach this commandment. To honor our father and mother. And then the second one is just culturally. Uh, the, The Israelite culture. Culture of Jesus' day. And his society. And then our culture. So, think of it this way, if you will. We have all this room up here. And if you could go by life stage or age... Then, then let's think about it this way. And I want to be very careful, and I, I don't want to be insensitive or disrespectful, but we do talk about age, okay? And this isn't necessarily how I see it, but this is how I understand many societies to work. Here it is. Let's put all the children over here. They're a little more lowly. They didn't exist, then they exist, and they, they're in that life stage where um, they become more capable, Oh, they're so cute and innocent, and you've got to protect them, and um, they're in their place. They, they are needy, but uh, they're going to spend their whole life, uh, their young life, as children and teens growing up. What age do you picture? Maybe it's a seven-year-old. Maybe it's a 17-year-old. Maybe it's a 27-year-old. You know, because I heard adolescence is extended and people really don't grow up until way later, but I don't know what age you want to put on it, but just picture children. And then you get to this, uh, the main part of life. The majority of people. You've supposedly grown up, you're an adult. Fill in the age. Some of you over here may want to be here. And when we get to over there, you may want to claim over here still. But this is that time when you're productive, when you've attained, when you're powerful. You have the ability to handle life and to live, and you're caring for those children. And then over here, the elderly, the senior among us. In societies, one of the reasons I think this commandment was given was because there's a tendency that only this part right here is important. And we may say we honor the other ones, but what we do, and maybe even what we say, proves that the people in this category are maybe not as honored or maybe not as valued because maybe they're not as productive. Or maybe they're not as capable. And that's where I... It's really uncomfortable to say because that doesn't reflect my esteem for um, so many people that I admire who have taught me so much. But as I look at maybe a natural temptation, that can happen. But here's what I wanted to look at. I realized, as we've studied these Ten Commandments, that I have only looked at all of these commandments, really... From this position right here. So my interpretation of that commandment was like this. Children, kids, obey your mommy and daddy so it will go well with you. So you'll your life will last. <laughs> Don't disobey. Or there are big time consequences. I've always read it from like a seven-year-old is reading that, can you memorize the Ten Commandments? What are they? And then one of the first ones when it talks about how to live among us is honor your father and mother. But I realized these people in this stage of life, what I once just looked up to as this is the parent, the one that I'm supposed to obey and honor and all of that, this person is also the child. So, College students, younger students, the word for that is adult children. And I don't know when I really cared much about that phrase, but the, your parents are children. And I didn't call you childish. I just called you children. And they're still parents, so they can say, all right, enough, you're grounded. You know, so you might not want to go home and play that card that you're still a child. Um, but I hadn't thought of it to adults. I always thought of it spoken to children. And that changes to me what that commandment really meant because it wasn't just a, an age-based submission and obedience to even a young adult parent or a middle-aged parent, but it lasts forever. And so it's written to all of us and that's why the sermon is for everybody because we're all children in this case and we're commanded to honor our fathers and mothers. And I think that can even be done in this stage of life. And no doubt, our, our parents many times have moved on before us, but our family name, our legacy, what we pass on to our descendants and those generations um, behind us honors our fathers and mothers. So how do we honor our mothers and fathers. Well, if you're over here, all you need to honor your father and mother is construction paper, tape, glue, and a poem. And you got it made. So when I was in second grade, here's a picture of a little project we were working on. That is not what I made. That's just a random picture. And we had this beautiful poem we were going to send home to our mothers, uh, take home with us from school. Butterfly hover near my mother to show her that I dearly love her. You can imagine how long that took these second graders to write, so I was wondering why it was so short, but I I thought back and that's probably it. But as we did this on the chalkboard, we have an example of a card and we have what's written. And I, I actually reconnected with my second grade teacher to make sure this is how the story really went, which that was interesting. But the year before we did this, she said, now one of your brothers in this classroom was doing this very project, and everybody wrote this poem, and I, I checked everybody's poem. I collected it up and checked, but Donald was still working on his. So I let him finish, and I collected it up, and it's time for everybody to line up and be dismissed to go to the buses and go home, and he's still working on it. So he finally finished, and I grab it, and I take a look, and she goes, oh, no. No. There was a mistake. And he left out a few letters, um, but uh, (laughs) she said, you know what? I know his mother, and this is perfect. She will love this. So as a kid, and I I think that stayed on the fridge forever. Like if anything was going to stay on the fridge, that was going to be it. But as a kid, even when you mess up, it's an honor. I mean, it's cute. As maybe a young adult or college student, what do you send home that gets put on the fridge anymore? You know, it's not as cute as that. And even, you know, they can mess up and they're still good. But what about as an adult? How we honor our parents? I think so much of it has to do with understanding our parents. Understanding the demands of the job the role that they're in, what they've done for us. First of all, it starts with understanding and acknowledging them. And it probably takes a little bit of creativity to do things as special as that. But you don't have to, to look far for them to tell you, oh, I don't, you don't have to do anything for me, but just the call is perfect. Or just the note is perfect. Or just the time is perfect. One of the things that I I didn't get to mention in first service was, you know, one of the things I've noticed that my mom has taught me that I don't think she even meant to teach me was how to care for your parent. She lives really far away from her mom. uh, So I've watched her serve my grandmother in times of poor health, in times of loneliness, in times when her favorite basketball team won and lost, just relationship. And I remember as a little kid thinking how weird it is that my aunts and uncle would call Granny Mom. And how there were those little things they'd get frustrated with and go, Mom, I, okay, all right. you know. And I'm a little kid just kind of watching, like, chuckling. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what's going on, but they're mad at Granny. And, uh, and then Granny's mad at Mom, like, she's going to be in trouble. But, you know, in this position, when we're in the position of power and productivity and all of that, there's still a responsibility to honor that father and mother. Uh, The other thing that I want to look at is culturally. And really quickly, if you wanted to go just chronologically from the story of Israel, from Abraham and the promise of this nation this multitude of people that would come after him to the exodus, Mount Sinai where the commandments were given to Jesus day and age and what honor meant then and then what does it mean today? Because we might think we understand honor but from what I've looked at ancient culture was serious about a lot of things, and we like to think we are, but I'm impressed the more I look back and realize what they did. First of all, I think it would be a mistake to look at the commandments and say, God intervened in the history to give them these Ten Commandments that are individual checkpoints to see if you can memorize and to see how well you can obey the Ten Commandments. And probably what came out in Bible class is that there was a very functional reason for God's direction for the people. It was not just individual, send your mom a card on Mother's Day. It was giving honor to them, but it was a society that gave honor to the parents among them. It was a society that didn't murder, that didn't lie, that didn't covet. It was a society. There were boundaries. There were things to do and things not to do. And in that, as that nation formed and lived, that would guide them. What about in Jesus' day and age? You have a lot on honor and glory and even shame. Uh, One of the things that I read from just the thinkers of the day said that there are two basic things that drive people, and one is honor, and the other one is pleasure. And the quote from Aristotle Aristotle and Socrates was that honor with pleasure can be great good. But pleasure with no honor is one of the worst evils. And that somebody who just operates from what is pleasurable is the worst. The most like animals that we've ever seen. And that's how they viewed... Um, how they approached life. And if you compare that to today, uh, we might have some work to do in that area to recover what is actually honorable. It was dishonorable for a soldier to flee in battle because that was a threat to society, to the protection of that society. So courage was huge, and it was honored. Any threats were shamed. So imagine what it was like to be a Jew under Roman rule. It was, it was to be shamed. But imagine what it was like to be a Christian shamed by Jews, shamed by Romans. What I didn't read um, is that where the culture of Jesus' day valued honor and shame, the Israelites thought of it more like wisdom and foolishness. What's uh, right and wrong, clean and unclean, wise and foolish. And I took time in first service to read some of the Proverbs that set the tone for what an honorable family looks like. And to summarize what that says is, a foolish son doesn't listen to his parents. A foolish child takes advantage of his dad, kicks out his mother. And it was, it was woven all through the Proverbs. You can see it through the, New, the Old Testament that there were those uh, standards. Now, what about today? If you don't send that card, and then if you did send the card, whew, I'm good. Is that all it is? We know better, right? But if we didn't send that card, we still feel guilty, don't we? I, I wonder if we're driven more in this culture by we'd like to think it's honor. But driven by what is successful, productive, efficient. I, I'm sorry, I just don't have time. I still care. I just don't have time. Think about our culture and how we are programmed to show honor and appreciation and value. And I'm, I'm really challenged by that. So I, I've kind of made fun of the card, but hopefully what's written in the card Is perfect, and it's a reminder, and you don't have to have a day to honor a father and mother, but it's a mentality. Let me end by this. How does it relate to faith? A people of faith, a people who know God, if you know Him like I do, it causes us to be people who have great honor for others. We have the ability to even give honor to people who it's ascribed to, who are just in the position of honor. And we can be humble enough to give them that honor. Obviously, we can, be people who, we can give honor to people who have achieved it, but it isn't based on prosperity and riches and any of that. But we're a people of faith, and what dictates what's honorable to us, um, we are not quick to withhold Honor and value from people. And when I think about true religion, to take care of the vulnerable and the weak and the the underprivileged and maybe the has been or however society might put it, that we look at faith and it tells us God cares for every one of us and there's value no matter what. There's value. How did Jesus honor his Father? well, it's not very honorable to stay at the temple and let him go for three days and then say, what? where did you expect me to be? I'm here at my father's house. Maybe that wasn't so honorable. Um, when they said, hey, your mother and brothers are at the door, it maybe wasn't so honorable to say, who are they? Who are my mothers and brothers? My mother, who are? who is my mother and my brothers. But I don't think he was being dishonorable. But you know what I admire about him? He knew what it what it meant to feel abandoned by his father. He felt that. He also knew what it meant to be prized and seated at the right hand of his father. He knows that too. But when you look at his life, he knew how to honor his father. He lifted up his name. He made his name better. He lived honorably, and anybody associated with him thought positively of God. Besides the people bent not to see, like Pharisees. But he honored his father completely, and if you knew anything about Jesus, it all pointed back to his father and his father's wishes, because he is the best father and worthy of that. So, I know that we're out of time, and what I hope for you today is that as you think about this commandment, honor your father and mother, that we all have our own ways that we need to go and do that. But there were people who can give value and acknowledgement to those around us. I'm so thankful for not only my biological parents who I honor, but there are people in the church who have special, special places in my heart and my life that might probably exceed the appreciation I have for my very own parents. And that's not because I don't appreciate my parents. That's because of the honor that they've achieved by how they've treated me. So I hope that today you are encouraged. I hope you're challenged. And I hope that we all look at Jesus and we think, okay, how did he honor his father? And how do I live accordingly? So for our invitation today, um, I'm not sure where you're at or what your needs are. If they relate to the family system, the joys, the emptinesses that can be there, or if it doesn't relate to that at all, but I want to tell you that we've got church leaders that are going to be standing here ready to talk to you and pray with you, and um, that invitation is always open, not just right after this song, but if you have a need, let's uh, do that as we stand and sing.